This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Today on the COVID report, we are joined by SAPS spokesperson, Brigadier Vishnu Naidu, to talk about how COVID-19 has impacted crime during this pandemic. Uh, good day to you, Sipo uh, Shishle, and thank you very much uh, for having me and thank you for this opportunity. Well, of course, statistics um, is, is very critical, but not necessarily to recalibrate uh, narratives, uh, but most importantly, to make us understand what crime threat and crime pattern analysis uh, reflects. And we can only do that from, from having statistics at hand. And that's why you'd see we're always calling on communities to, to report crimes, because that helps us to, to establish crime pattern and crime threat analysis so that we can put measures in place to mitigate uh, risks of crimes being committed. Uh, but also, also of course, where the, 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 the part of uh, recalibrating of the narrative is also important because we need to um, uh, constantly be telling our communities in the areas uh, in, the, in, in the different areas, how they are affected by crime and what crimes they are affected by so that they can also be um, alert and vigilant as far as those crimes are being committed. Uh, and of course, um, uh, uh, this is a, a world um, or a global, globally used uh, phenomenon where uh, statistics are, are, are kept to do analysis and to educate and raise awareness as far as uh, crime is concerned. Now, Mr. Naidu, with the pandemic, how has crime been like in South Africa? And has there been an increase or decrease of the overall crime in the country? There's definitely been an overall decrease um, in terms of the 17 community reported crimes, uh, serious crimes. Um, and they um, are, are categorized in terms of the contact crimes, contact related crimes, your property related crimes, and other serious crimes. Uh, of course, we further subdivided uh, them uh, into different categories, but um, there's also four crimes that are detected as a result of police action. But if you look at your, your contact related crimes or your contact crimes and contact related crimes, those are the crimes that are considered crimes of fear. Um, you know, like your murders, attempted murders, rapes, assault with intent to do grievous bodily harm, and so forth. And your contact crimes, we have seen a decrease of 34.7%. And your contact-related crimes, we have seen a decrease of 29.4%. These are crimes reported between the 1st of April uh, 2020 until the end of June, which is the 31st of June uh, 20, uh, 2020. So that's the first... Um, um, uh, first quarter of this year, and that is the period in which um, actually the uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic actually really started. Remember, the president declared a state of disaster on the 15th of March, and thereafter went on to uh, declare a lockdown level five on the 27th of March, and then we 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 we, we continued thereafter with the different levels of lockdown. But um, from the 1st of April to the end of June, we've seen a 34. Point 7% decline in contact crimes and a 29.4% decrease in contact-related crimes. Now, looking at the decrease in crime more closely over the lockdown period, what are the major contributing factors that have led to the decrease? Well, there's various contributing factors. Um, first and foremost, you would know that uh, people... 
um, uh, were not allowed to move around. So movement of people was severely restricted, um, which of course, when there's no people are, uh, moving around, the likelihood of crimes being committed um, is, very, is very minimal. And uh, then we had uh, banned the use of alcohol. And you know, especially with your contact and contact related crimes, we have, um, uh, you know, we have over the years, over the decades, should I say, have been saying that one of the biggest crime generators is the abuse of alcohol and the abuse of, 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 of drugs. So these were the factors that actually influence these type of crimes. So because people have not been uh, moving around that much, there's been a, a lack of uh, uh, alcohol consumption uh, because of the restrictions imposed uh, on the use of alcohol that has helped us. And then there's other serious crimes as well, like your property-related crimes, which we have seen a decrease of 29.1%, and your other serious crimes, that we have, which we have seen a decrease of 35.2%, where also can be attributed to the fact of, uh, you know, of people not being able to move around. Just to also quickly highlight all the other statistics, your murder came down by 35.8%, attempted murder decreased by 23.8%, sexual offenses, including rape, sexual assault, uh, attempted sexual offenses like um, and contact sexual offenses decre um, um, also showed a decrease. Assault would intend to inflict grievous bodily harm as well, decreased by 41%. Assault, uh, common assault decreased by 28.2%. So yeah, these are, uh, the, 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 this is as a result of, uh, you know, uh, people not being able to move around and the fact that, um, you know, people had very little or no access to um, alcohol, which is one of the, the biggest crime generators as far as contact crime is concerned. And looking at burglaries at schools and liquor stores have increased during the lockdown period. Do you know whether or not these were random instances of organized crime or is organized crime involved? Well, I just think there were, there were more, more um, uh, um, you know, sort of um, random incidents because people saw it's it, these are opportunistic crimes let me put it that way people where they see an opportunity uh to to commit a crime uh for for for, for self-gain uh they would commit a crime now remember because um liquor stores were closed down uh people didn't have access to alcohol and there was a demand for alcohol uh criminals saw an opportunity to break in and steal alcohol uh possibly for the purpose of consumption, but I think more so for, for reselling them. And then schools, because schools were not being attended, uh, um, uh, criminals saw uh, opportunities there, uh, you know, and, um, you know uh, and broke in to steal valuable items like computers and, 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 and laptops and so forth. Um, and therefore, uh, we, we saw a slight, um, you know, upsurge of of um, of uh, crimes being committed in those areas, but I don't think um, you know there's no evidence. I won't say I don't think there's no evidence su suggesting that um, it was um, uh, organized uh, crime as such. And with regards to the illegal alcohol trade and the later illegal cigarettes during the lockdown, have you used this period to crack the illegal trade syndicates who have been operating in SA for quite some time? Remember, we, we foresaw um, the potential for people to be dealing in these commodities illegally because these are addictive commodities. Alcohol and cigarettes are addictive and people would, there would be a, a need for them to, to have a constant supply of this. And we had our intelligence 
but I think w- what was very critical in our efforts to combat the illegal trade was the support that we received from communities in terms of information that were communicating to us via our toll-free crime stop number 0860101. And uh, we were acting upon those um, incidents. We've arrested uh, uh, several people uh, for, for, for trading illegally. I think for trading in alcohol and cigarettes, we arrested during the lockdown period over 6,000 people. Um, and then, of course, you know, we have arrested nearly 300,000 people for contravening uh, the lockdown regulations, or should I say the disaster man- management regulations, which was regulating uh, the, the lockdown. And uh, yeah, and uh, we, among them, we also arrested police officers. Over 450 police officers were also ar- arrested for contravening of the regulations, for also having a hand, having played a role in the illicit trade of alcohol and cigarettes in some cases. So yeah, we, we have um, you know uncovered uh, these uh, illicit trades taking place, and we have made arrest and prosecuted people in that regard. Now, Mr. Naidu, would you say, or has the correlation of high levels of inequality and aggravated economic hardships contributed to the high crime levels, even though there was a decrease? You know, we are faced with a very vicious circle. Uh, Remember, crime affects the economy. An affected economy um, uh, fuels crime. And it just goes in that circle. So we always said uh, with the National Commissioner's turnaround vision, or should I say South African Police Service now, um, the turnaround, its turnaround vision, we've always said that when we are uh, implementing the turnaround vision of the SAPS, we must do it in response to the grand economic strategy of the country, whereby we uh, make sure that uh, in whatever we do, the economy is strengthened and then, of course, that uh, strengthening of the economy would, would then reduce your opportunistic crimes, you know, especially like your robberies, your aggravated robberies, your, your, your uh, housebreaking, uh, thefts and, and, and common robberies and so forth. Um, and, 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 and so that, you know, we, we, we sort of um, we, we take away that viciousness of that, of that cycle that, that, uh, which existed. But of course, in that, in that uh, implementation of that turnaround vision, we then was faced with the COVID-19 uh, virus, which of course had to keep people away from their jobs. And then we saw that uh, several million people have uh, lost their jobs and, and the economy has taken a slump, not only in South Africa, but globally, the economy has taken a slump. But um, we as the, the, the security forces, I'm saying in this case as the security forces, because it's not only the SAPS that's playing a role in enforcing the Disaster Management Act regulations, it's also the South African National Defense Force supporting us, as well as uh, the different metro uh, police departments and other uh, traffic departments. And together, we are, uh, you know, um, we're doing our level best, uh, you know, and, and, uh, uh, in, in enforcing the disaster management regulations, but at the same time dealing with uh, with, with crime, which ultimately also, if, if as I indicated earlier, affects the economy of the country. So you had mentioned that over 300,000 South Africans have been arrested and charged and others found guilty. That resulted in them having criminal records and the Justice Minister is now looking at the issue. What exactly would the Justice Minister be looking at and what president will it set if criminal records are expunged for contravening the disaster management conditions and what options are being considered for this issue? 
Well, let me just first start by saying it would be very premature and irresponsible of me to, um, you know, um, to predict what the outcome of this process is going to be. Um, as it stands now, we've always been saying it, um, that should anybody commit any crimes, they will have a criminal record against their names and, uh, ho you know, hoping that this would serve as a deterrent from them committing crimes. But then those um, nearly 300,000 people still went on to commit crimes. Uh, whatever happens moving forward, um, uh, it will be, as I said, premature and irresponsible for me to make a prediction at this stage. Well, now, what measures have been put in place to enforce operations by SAPS during the national state of disaster? And have these all been effective? Well, the effectiveness of the measures that have been put in place is first and foremost been seen by the, uh, the statistics that I've just uh, indicated to you where we have shown decrease in almost all areas of the 17 community reported crimes. The measures that we put in place was high density visible policing operations, which are, as I indicated, were operations conducted, conducted by uh, the South African Police Service, the South African National Defense Force and, and the traffic departments. Remember also we, have, we had to restrict movement, interprovincial movement, so we, create, we set up roadblocks on your national routes, um, on, you know, on, um, uh, between suburbs and so forth. So um, that has helped significantly in having this, this high visibility of police officers and, and preventing the movement of people around in terms of, you know, in, in, reducing, in, in reducing crime. You know, the, the, the president uh, over the weekend has declared um, now that we have moved down to level two uh, um, uh, you know, level two um, lockdown, which means that people now will be allowed to move interprovincially and so forth. There'll be greater movement of people throughout the country. So um, with these joint security forces still being on the ground, uh, we would still be seeing a high visibility of police officers um, and where people do not conform with whatever limitations that still exist, then we will have to enforce the law in terms of the Disaster Management Act regulations. As the SAPS, what are you expecting now that we are moving to lockdown level two and how are you preparing for that? Well, first and foremost, we're expecting people to comply in terms of, um, of, the, of the mandatory wearing of the masks, the mandatory adoption of social distancing. Um, we're expecting people to do that. Um, where the, the, the disaster management regulations, which of course at the moment they are being amended, I don't want to uh, predict what the regulations are going to say, but we know what, what is expected of people in terms of the Disaster Management Act regulations. And if the, there's any uh, contravention of the regulations as the security forces, we have a legal obligation to enforce that to, uh, so that we could ensure that we keep people in check to, to contain the virus and to flatten the curve of the virus. The police have been accused of not treating gender-based violence seriously. What is the SAPS strategy in dealing with the scourge of crimes against women and children? Well, the, we, let me just say to you, gender-based violence and femicide, if I may please include that, because that is also a serious problem with femicide. Gender-based uh, violence and femicide is, is the highest priority of the South African Police Service. Any member 
And I think we have communicated this extensively, both internally as well as externally. Any member of the organization that does anything or doesn't uh, or commits a, a derelict of duty or shows any form of derelict of duty when it comes to assisting and addressing the, the, the scourge of gender-based violence, those members face dismissal from the South African police first and foremost. And secondly, they can also face criminal charges in terms of the Domestic Violence Act. So we are very serious about this and it's being, uh, it has been addressed at the highest office from the level of the president to the level of our minister of police. And then of course, various other ministers like Minister of Social Development, Minister of Health and so forth, as well as our National Commission of Police. So we, have, we treat this very seriously you would see one of the most prominent incidents was a woman who was stabbed, allegedly stabbed 22 times, who went to Kempton Park Police Station, and she, she appeared not to have received um, the, uh, uh, the services, the desired services, as she should have. And we have dealt with those members decisively there as well. So we take gender-based violence and femicide in the country very seriously. And we want to say to the, to the communities that if they're having any issues at the way they're being attended to by the South African Police Service, they must please report it. They can report it to our complaints nodal point email address, which is complaints nodal point one word at saps.gov.za, or they can even call us on our toll free crime stop number 086-001011, and we will attend to those members uh, as we promise to do so. Now, Ms. Naidu, lastly, what valuable lessons and approaches have you come to learn in improving public safety during COVID-19 and that could work even beyond the pandemic and lockdown? The COVID-19 or, or the lockdown period has definitely taught us a lot. But remember, when we enforced the lockdown, we did it specifically to contain the scourge or to flatten the curve of the virus. Um, and we, the lessons that we've learned from there, we are going to uh, get away on a crime retreat we're going, where we're going to deliberate on what le the lessons that we've learned uh, because we cannot, con we cannot um, uh, restrict people's movements forever. Once the virus is, is, is contained and we know the vaccine is available and people are allowed to move freely, this, uh, constitutionally people are allowed to move freely, so we, we, we can't use everything that we've learned, but we're going to see what we can use to be able to assist us in bringing down uh, further the levels of crime in the country. And, and that is something that we are deliberating on. One thing we saw that has really helped us tremendously is um, the non-availability -availability of alcohol. And that for us, uh, if we can get that right in terms of restricting the sale and the consumption of alcohol, you know, uh, the minister during the release of crime statistics on Friday, the 14th of, of August, he said that we are number six in the world in terms of um, the amount of alcohol consumed, uh, you know, by, by people. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's terrible for us. Why can't we be 150th or, or 200, like the minister had said? Why are we sixth? And, and, that, and that gives you an indication of um, the, the, the type of society we are, the type of nation we are. If we can be sixth in the world of the you know in terms of the amount of alcohol that is being consumed if we can get that right i think we will win half our or half our battle will be won in terms of um, of reducing crimes particularly your contact crimes like your murders attempted murders sexual related crimes and so forth
And that was SAPS spokesperson Brigadier Vishnu Naidu talking about how regulations have impacted crime during the pandemic. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or stream by www.vafm.co.za.